Coming to you, pre-recorded from quarantine, it's the Pickle Thoughts Podcast. We have Capone Lou coming at you from Florida, all yep. the way from California, we've got... Victor Chen, here from Southern California, check again. How's it and going, guys? all the way from Iceland, we've got... Bjorn Bjornsson. That's right, the legend. Himself. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> Thank you Let's so much for, uh, for making the time. Of course. I, um, I actually had to clear a lot of podcast appearances for this, but I, you know, I feel like I picked the right one. A very much desired guest. <laughs> Thank you. My it. agent and I are very it. happy to be here. Oh, man. We, Victor, we should talk about getting an agent. This, uh, I think this yeah. podcast will take off soon. We're, we're going to need an agent soon. Yeah. After this one, you guys are need, gonna need two agents. I'll be honest. No, with actually, you. I have a good feeling after Ooh. this one, it's really gonna blow up. Yeah. This is this is gonna put us on the map, guys. They say three's <laughs> company, so you know, <laughs> extrapolate from that, and I think you've got yourself an agent. But, yeah. uh, I just yeah. I just want to tell the audience that we got Zoom Pro for this episode, so we're we're using real microphones, or at least Victor and Bjorn are using real microphones. So we're we're leaning in. We're going all Blowing out up. podcast. It just feels so professional, like leaning into, oh, no, I, I don't want to say that term, sorry. <laughs> into like just, <laughs> just having it in front of me, this microphone is definitely legit. Okay, so I guess introduction into, the, into this episode, I guess. Uh, let's dive right in. Sure. Shall we? All right. So this episode is, uh, is going to be about space and style. That's why we brought Bjorn onto here. Um, you know, we just kind of going with the mood from last week we're thinking of space is not something that you stand inside but it's something that you create and so that's why the first half of this episode is going to be about feng shui and the second half of this episode is going to be about fashion um so just to give everybody a little bit of context what feng shui is it is the uh the chinese practice which focuses on balance i'm really i'm literally reading off this description here, but it focuses on balance and harmonizing the energies in your home, office, and life to reflect your emotional self. So not really a topic that's really taken seriously. A lot of people think it's like woo-woo mystic, but we're here. We're here to, to untangle it. We're, we're here to provide a balanced perspective. So it's, it, should it, it should be a topic. It should be a topic that is being discussed yeah. more. Right. I'm for it, man. I'm ready. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, our podcast is quarantine uh, specific. So, you know, you spend all day in your room. We we're, were like, you know, why not just make an episode about the harmonies and energies in your room? So I guess like, first of all, like, have you guys ever heard of feng shui? And what are your first impressions of it? Do you want me to take this one? I can start. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I yeah, feel Bjorn, like if yes, anybody should. Yes, Bjorn. <laughs> should, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I had heard of it. I think nice. that our, <laughs> I think that our exposure to it just, how about this? I'll, I'll, I won't extrapolate at all. Um, I think my exposure to it has been very tangential and that in my life, it hasn't really been brought up too much. And when it is, it's not brought up in a very serious context. It's more like, I think people have, I think people have sort of stretched the term outside of its, you know, Wikipedia right. meaning to something like, like a mood or a vibe type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's gotten pretty vague, I think. 
on this side of the pond. But um, but yeah, I have heard of it. I I think I look forward to discussing it more seriously. <laughs> but um, you know, up until now, it it hasn't been super super prevalent in my life. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, you know, I, I would say it's been quite prevalent in mine. Uh, I guess in the literal sense, uh, my dad um, he was really big into martial arts, and he practices uh, bakwa, and oh. so he's all about you know balance getting exercise, mental well-being, physical well-being, and just, you know, being a part of your space, you know? And, you know, uh, I just, what was it? We took martial arts lessons uh, growing up when I was about five. And so it's just been a part of my life. Like, you know, we just throw feng shui around all the time. Uh, I guess in terms of the literal sense of the home, uh, my family and I were very superstitious. We don't like having the number four, as you know, Victor. The number oh, four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Us too. Us too. Yeah, it's a it's a bad it's a bad number. Um, it means it could be translated to death. So we don't believe in four. We anything that has a four, we throw it out. Um, in terms of our home that we have, uh, the front door and the back door can't be in line with each other. Because according to the feng shui principles, if you have any sort of wealth, prosperity, opportunity that goes through your front door, if it lines up perfectly with your back door, it'll just go right out of your house. So you have to have the doors not align. In one door, out the other, as the saying. Yep, yep exactly. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> the energy is in going in one door and out the other. Right. Interesting. Right. So this this right. has been a this has been a. A, a relevant character to your life thus far yeah yeah so is your <laughs> is your house like laid out in bagua like map style like you know uh is your dad super superstitious about where to put things and you know uh yeah you know i, I don't know if i would say we're like that superstitious and like that strict to the bagua lifestyle um my dad puts all of his martial arts equipment in the garage so I don't know if that's the most conducive to feng shui, but well, that's just good organizing. Uh, but yeah, that's just good organizing. But yeah, uh, I guess my mom she really likes plants, so she likes to put a lot of plants around the house, a lot of art. And are plants just- part of feng shui? I think it's oh, one I, of the eight imagine. elements. Yeah. I think it's like earth or something. Oh, word. Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, I was doing. A, I was doing a little bit of like reading, and it was like. Dude, if you like your bedroom's got to be earth elements. So, you know, you put like and all that stuff to like symbolize the earth. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So is this something that, how much was this pushed on you, Capono? Like how much, how much did you have a say in your feng shui experience? Uh, you know, I, I didn't really have a say. It was just kind of handed to me, but you know, I never questioned it and I actually really enjoy it too. Like now that I'm living on my own, uh, in my own apartment in Florida, I kind of wish I had my parents to, uh, to give me a little bit of feng shui, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. my, when I first moved into my apartment, my mom's really big into orchids. She really likes, you know, the air, you know, like plants, they take in the CO2 and they you know, give out fresh air and everything. It's so really lightens up the room. Uh, and she gave me eight orchids, eight orchids, right? Eight, also a lucky number, as Victor knows. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. 
I do know this as well. I actually have a contention about that. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to pull this off into a tangent for a second. And sure. eight sure. is two fours. <laughs> right. It's Anyone? like, it's, okay. How, okay. Do, how do people feel about that? Okay. Let's read the room okay. on okay. that. Well, as, as Pitbull said in one of his songs, I put two negatives and put it into a positive. That must be it. Yeah. He, he's definitely onto some feng shui stuff. Okay. Yeah. I always felt like, yeah. Some people have called him patient zero of feng shui. But, Bjorn, um, thank you for that. Yeah, uh, for not that my words. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, people bring up four, you guys are going to slander four. No, right. right, right, right which right. is the midpoint on the number line between zero and eight. Is there, are there any thoughts on zero? How do you guys feel? Is four the only shitty number? I'm not, I'm just, I'm genuinely trying to learn. I don't know. No, wanna, no, like, I think just it like is. some background here, like, it's like, sure is the is the chinese term for like death and it's okay really just because it's like a pun and then like, oh yeah that's why okay that's why if you go to like chinese hotels and stuff they never have a fourth floor it's like going to a u.s hotel and not having like a 13th floor it just like yeah you know what i always found weird about that nobody's nervous about the 14th floor you know hmm. they they press 14 on the elevator they get the room that says like you know 14 oh something yeah presumably yeah and that's no big deal to them, even though there's no 13, like they're on the 13th floor. So it yeah. doesn't really matter that you're on the 13th floor. It matters that it's labeled, like you have to see the number, you're right? I'm really glad we're talking about the number 13 as well, because okay. I don't- Yeah, let's talk, let's talk 13, yeah. let's do it. I don't, I don't understand, well, this is all feeding into feng shui because feng shui, some people might argue, you know, it's a lifestyle. Others might say it's a superstition. The I have heard that word 13. tossed around when talking feng shui. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. and 13, they're both very superstitious numbers. Yeah. So with the number 13, mm. I don't actually see it as bad luck because baker's dozen, they give you an extra croissant and it's 13. The bakers are doing great. Yeah. So, they're actually one of the happiest demographics. Yeah. Statistically. So I would say, a baker's dozen is just good luck. You get a little bit extra for. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. Yeah, sorry, I hijacked that with a comment that didn't make any sense, but you're actually yeah. right. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So superstition plays plays as part of feng shui, but I think feng shui is a little bit more than just superstition, right? It's yeah. definitely like mood too, and like sensing, you know, the energy of like a space. Like, what do you guys think about like? Before, if you guys had never even heard about feng shui before, in terms of like making your own room or putting on your own outfits, is it is there something you're a little bit superstitious about, or maybe just like a little, um, you know, something that you want to present that just makes you feel good? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I think to go back to the door thing with the front door and the back door, I think that that would make most people uncomfortable. Like that makes, I yeah. halfway through you saying that, I was like, oh, that's not going to work. Like you have the front door and the back door just totally lined up. It's just weird. You don't want to open a door and see another yeah. door or know yeah. that there's another door like directly yeah. across from you. That That's just weird. So I, I think that like, I think that whatever your opinion on it is, um, I, I think you kind of have to concede that there are these, there are these certain like spatial or aesthetic um feelings that people get and and do have an influence on you you know like like it's not right, right do you guys think first impressions matter like i've been thinking about this like let's say you go into a room you're picking a house or an apartment or whatever and the moment that you step in there 
you feel something. You're like, man, this feels a little bit off. Like this feels a little bit unlucky. And then do you believe that over time, if you're in that room, that's like in unlucky or gives you bad vibes, you get used to it or that first knee jerk reaction is like accurate. Cause that's, that's a lot of what feng shui is. You have, you hire a feng shui guy to come into right. your house. Yeah. yeah. You know, let's say you're moving in, but the feng shui guy comes is like, you guys can't move before sunset. You know, like you guys, you guys, it has to be between 1030 and 12 that you guys move and you pay the late fee on the U-Haul. Yeah. We're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. He, you know, he, he, he feels the air, you know, he feels the atmosphere. Yeah. You well, can't put that there. You know, that's I'll, bad vibes. And yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll give a, an example. Um, and this, I don't think I've ever told you this, Victor. Um, so our sophomore year, Bjorn, Victor and I, the, the reason why we actually met, we we're on the same floor in, um, the Cascadillo Hall, residence mm -hmm. hall at Cornell. Um, and it was, it was not a very nice dorm building. It was a bunch of cinder block. Uh, no light ever came in and it was just very cold all the time. It well, it's, was like, it's a converted asylum, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So it, it didn't. It didn't have. Yeah, I guess good, you get what you pay for, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, and you know when my dad dropped me off, he said, you know, he does a lot of martial arts. He felt the chi around the chi uh, is like energy. Um, oh, I'm familiar. I took introduction yeah. to outdoor tai chi at Cornell, so I also. Oh, so yeah, I have some stuff on this that I learned from a white man. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can we can get into that later. That's a whole other box of frogs. Yeah. But yeah, Cascadilla. So, yeah. So uh, in Hawaiian, because uh, my family is also from Hawaii, we also call it mana. Uh, we call it energy mana. Um, my dad, he felt it. He just was in the car, sat there for a minute, and he said, "Kapona, your residence hall has bad chi." And little did he know, I got sick the most. Out of all my time in college, I got sick about eight, eight to ten times at Cascadilla Hall because it had bad chi. And I, I firmly believe that if the feng shui is off in a, in a house or in a residence hall, you can get sick. And it can also really affect like your outlook on things. So, well, dude, I, like, I, yeah. yeah, it was it's, it's also just like even if you don't believe in chi, it's just like your mood going into mm -hmm. there, like the whole descent into Cascadilla yeah. Hall. <laughs> yeah. The literal I, descent. Yeah. There's like a big waterfall to the right and it just no, yeah, feels yeah. dark, man. Yeah, you walk Wait. in and it's like I never really felt good coming up that elevator. Like it's like it's like you're underground in the basement. It it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well I feel I mean there must be some sort of snowball like effect, right? With however your your first impression goes, you might from there interpret a lot of like let's say around neutral stimuli sort of in the direction of that first impression. So like, let's say that you heard your dad say that Cascadilla has bad chi, a bunch mm -hmm. of like relatively, you know, uh, like, like within the range of normal stuff uh, could happen in, in Cascadilla and you could, you could end up taking it more, you know, poorly because of that. And then that's true. Who knows? Those experiences might also bring on others, you know, it, that, that, that become negative as well. So, so I do, I do think that it's hard to, um, to rebound from a first impression. Um, I think I equate it to that. like being in a job you really hate 
it's like first impression you go in the office you're like man something's off here and you just kind of uh-huh. get used to it over time and you kind of like lie to yourself that it's okay and then you like wake up one day you have this moment of clarity i'm like man my chi is so off my first impression is right yeah this whole time you know you just kind of get used to the the bad really specific example yeah. <laughs> 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 specific sorry my, sorry sorry i star <laughs> um no but, I, I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense i mean i mean i think that like if somebody were to tell you that your house is haunted or something like that oh i would i even, I get even if you have I, zero ex, like experiences zero paranormal activities that um that go on while you live there you're still gonna like most people will still feel something that whole time. There'll still be this little thing, even when things are going well in that house. You know, I don't know. I personally would be a little on edge the whole time. So, so I do think that first impression, that, that chi barometer is definitely, you know, is valid. I, I think that, that the, way you, the way you enter a space for the first time has a lot to say. What do you know? Yeah, you can go for it, Capona. Yeah. I'm a little curious, like, is there any item in your guys' household that you feel like gives off good chi or really gives you energy and the room itself? Not in my house, but like one of my friends' house, well, my brother's best friend's house, he has this thing by his doorway. It's like those chiming bells that like kind of blow in the wind. I go there and then like, as soon as I enter the house, it just feels like I'm in a Hawaiian island. And it just puts me in like a whole different mood. Like, I'm do just the do the wind chimes go off when you open the door? Yeah, sort of. Oh, huge. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's sort huge. Of. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah it's no, just, I I yeah. could see that. I think that that's great. That sounds like a real household centerpiece. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. I don't know that I have. I don't know that I have an item like that. Um. I think that. I think sometimes paintings can have that sort oh, of effect right. to a yeah. lesser extent yeah um i think gosh what else my my younger brother recently bought um a hundred watt marshall amplifier um and put we're in an apartment building like there's it's the worst possible like thing to have like you can't use it but um <laughs> it's like the thing though I'm telling this story really poorly, but like the thing is this hundred watt Marshall amplifier has like really great energy to it. Like you look at it and you just, you feel good. And I think that that has some sort of, you know, some sort Wait, of household I guess like effect. For some us sort not of, in the know, what is a, yeah. what is a hundred watt amplifier? Oh, okay. So, so this is a guitar amplifier. I did not specify. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, this specific one was originally bought by the first metal band in iceland so this one like has like a lot of history um and it's incredibly loud like you can literally play it at like a a concert with thousands of people like easily like i think you could get like ten thousand, they could hear it it would literally like if you put it up to a you know decent volume on the knobs like it would break all the glass in this apartment so it's like borderline unusable but like (laughs) on an aesthetic level it's excellent like you see it we've both played guitar like our entire lives and just seeing it and being around it like has a good energy, you know? 
I see what you mean. Now I understand. Now I sort of understand why people like will pay big money for like ancient artifacts or like 1920s. Like that story did it for you. That story sold you. Well, I don't. I just. I I had this revelation. You know. I. Okay. No, I mean, I won't. I won't take it away from you. Please continue. But no, no, I'm. I'm I'm totally on a train here. But if you're if you're saying that that gives you good vibes in your house, and now I understand collectors. If you if somebody really likes motorcycles, and they just collect all these motorcycle figurines over like the course of the 1900s and it's like in their room and it makes them feel motorcycle-y, you know, like I, you know, I wanted to do this episode to preface this because I suck at room decoration. I suck with fashion and like, I want to explore more on, on, on what you can put in your room and, and on your body to like make yourself feel better you know mm-hmm. so bird yeah i mean yeah. you got that clock up there that looks like a conscious decision that yeah. was um <laughs> for, for those of you just tuning in on soundcloud victor has a clock in the um, background of his zoom video dude um, when i was little like having a clock in my room just like made me really like nervous yeah it stresses me yeah, out it's just, I, it's I do not have one well. i would it, i would it would never occur to me to put a clock on the wall a yeah. lot of them make noise which is yep terrible and then even if they don't they're kind of looking at you they're face shaped which i think is problematic and they're sort of face sized so it almost feels like like your schedule is looking at you and it's like are you you know so would you guys not put like how would you guys tell time in your in your room as a kid no just like now like if you oh yeah fucking phone dude (laughs) are you serious yeah Um, i mean the little look at the look at the top bar of your computer i I did have i did have um one really freaky clock when i was growing up um when i was in the fourth grade i was a really big fan of the simpsons so i bought a simpsons clock and it was literally okay it was a homer no continue yeah it was a homer simpson clock so it was literally, he was the face of the clock and there was like a donut at the end of the, um, at the end of the arm. So when the donut went around the, the entire frame of the clock, his eyes would move as well. Oh, so wow. really late at night when wow. there's a little glimmer of light in my room, I just see his eyes moving all around. <laughs> terrible, yeah. terrible for a kid. Worse than a horror movie, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely was. So uh, that's why I don't have um, clocks on my walls in my, uh, in my bedroom anymore. That's fair. Yeah. What do you guys, what all you, you need is one experience like that. Like, one bad clock yeah. experience, you're out of there. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your fun, Bjorn. But um, what do you guys think about mirrors? Like mirrors kind of look freak me out too. Like the room I'm in right now is like has a lot of mirrors going on. And like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want all those reflections going on. They stress me out. Really? They really do stress me out. I think that not to get too preachy, I'll be very quick. I think that we live in a culture that is very conducive to narcissism right. and that a lot of um, mechanisms are like very um, symbiotic with narcissism. And I think that the mirror sort of just adds one more angle to that. Like I already have way too many things going on in my life that like make me too individualistic and i think that a mirror just makes it worse like if i see a mirror i'm just gonna, i'm gonna pay too much attention and it's just gonna really mess with me 
And then, yeah, they can also be creepy. Like you see movement in one and it just ruins your day. <laughs> like, like you see a little thing in the mirror. It turns out it was your arm. But, uh, right. but yeah, it, it's, I'm not a fan. I, I have a mirrorless room right now and I think I'm going to keep it that way. I think um, too large of a mirror and it's, right. you know, you're, you're in a bad situation. Yeah, I agree with you. They can be freaky. I, I actually take the other position. Um, Let's go. Yes. I, like, okay. All right. I, I need a mirror because when I dress up in the morning, I need to see how the outfit looks. I want us to go head to head on this. Yeah. Many a times okay. I've dressed up and I'm like, I have this, I have this idea of mm. how the outfit's going to look on my body. Mm-hmm. But without seeing myself in the mirror, I just look awful. When I walk to my car, mm-hmm. I just feel like I start looking and it's, it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. that's why I need the mirror. The one reason why I don't want too many mirrors is the superstition. If you break a mirror, that's bad luck. So I want right. some mirrors. more mirrors, yeah. more mirrors to break. Yeah. yeah okay. More mirrors to break. So. What about increased probability? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've made it through a, a, most of the years of my life without a full length mirror. And I, I think for the most part, it helps. I don't know that this is true, but I think that people get like, I think with most bathrooms, you can get like a pretty good idea of the whole thing, but you, you, you know, you can't really see yourself all at once, but yeah. I don't know, man. Like, this is just going to come back to mirrors just stress me out. Like, you know, I, it's just, I just rather just well, get a bird's eye of the whole thing and, and walk out of the, walk out of the house. But, um, no, I agree with going on because uh, I have a mirror like facing directly opposite from me on my bed. And sometimes I'll just be like laying in my bed reading or whatever. And I'll like just look up for whatever because it's right in front of me and then it'll just freak me out. I'm like, oh my God, that's like, that's me. There's a self consciousness. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. like, like aspect of it where it makes you too self-aware like like let's say i'm reading a book and then i look over at like the full length mirror on the closet and then it's not me reading a book anymore it's me reading a book you know it's like suddenly like i'm an object doing a thing rather than just like doing the thing and ignoring the object part right like if it was a plant or like a cactus something you'd be like you wouldn't even think about you wouldn't take you out of the experience you'd just be like yeah I'm just reading or whatever. Yeah. I think that like just with the with the spread of of social media and photography and all of these, you know, um other ways of looking at yourself, I think I don't know, man. I think we have enough of it. I my line stops at the mirror pretty much <laughs> is where okay. I'm How about this though? How do mirrors like play into feng shui? Does that come up? Does any like are mirrors relevant to feng shui? Yo, I don't know. Like that, that like we we can do a good, do a quick Google search, but I'm I I can almost guarantee you it's it's probably like not a good thing. It's it's got to really? be strategic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like certain places of the house can't have mirrors, but I I wouldn't think in your bedroom you should have like more than one mirror. Interesting. I, yeah. I know I was discussing this topic with you um earlier this week, Victor, but like the layout of the room itself also feeds into the idea of feng shui, right? Right, 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 right. Like, um, for example, like the, like my friend was talking about his, his friend, his parents are like superstitious and they really care about him. They're like, you know, we're going to give you the, the best room in the house, which is like in the corner. And there's something about being in the corner. That's just like, you have this like natural shelter of like mm-hmm. this, angle for you and, and and it's just like i don't know it just feels good being in that room and i stepped in and i was like you're right this is the best room in the house and like 
my brother and I've had this experience where like when we were little, we would fight over to like who would take what room because we'd go in and like, even though two rooms might be the same, like square footage wise, like there's obviously one room that's just got like better vibes. Like whether it's like the window placement or just like, um, like how it's laid out, it just feels better being in that room. And like, I don't know if you guys have had similar experiences. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, um, my brothers and I, so I'm a member of three brothers and, um, we did like a random number generator thing for like who gets to pick a room when we moved when I was like 16 or something. Um, I th- I got it. I got the first pick. I actually did not pick the corner. I picked mine based on like, like, like convenience, like spatial sort of, you know, it was closer to the bathroom, closer to the stairs. Like it just, it made sense Ooh. from a, you know, energy yeah. perspective. But but not so much from like an energy perspective, you know. My brother got the corner; he picked second. Well, I guess both mm. of them are my brother. That doesn't narrow it down. But um, but yeah, the the guy who got the middle room was pissed. That like didn't that was an issue for years. Um, gotcha. So yeah, so gotcha. yeah, I, I I relate to to all this. I yeah, in hindsight, I do think the corner one had a little better vibes, you know. So Later you, in my life, I learned about corner offices and that, you know, that just mm. spun me into an entirely new dimension. But, well, uh, well, that's one dimension of feng shui. It's not just like, you know, mysticism or whatever. Like a lot of it is like practical use. It's like you don't want to be like too close to like things that are noisy, freeways, that kind of thing. Like okay. these are just very obvious things that like if you were to like exist in these rooms, like they would dampen your mood just because like you'd be bothered all the time. Like yeah. Like well, a, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. A corner room has more windows normally, you know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And it's like there are fewer there are fewer ways that you could enter it, I guess, is like kind of useful. Right? Like like it's that sort of a dead end within within a building. And I think that that's yeah, and if you there's think about gotta be, there's got to be some security in that, right? Right, and, yeah. and like I'm imagine... squinting more and more as I go through that sentence. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're 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 in deep here now, guys. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, mm-hmm. think about like where the position of that room. Let's say that in terms of the the geographic space of the landscape you're situated in, right? You're just closer to nature or whatever that's outside your house. Sure. You're just not yeah. as boxed in. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think that pertains to the corner office? I do. I I, I want to get into that. I feel like there there is a good amount of corporate feng shui. I learned about this from my brother. Um, that like, uh, banks in Hong Kong. This was a very specific example, but banks in Hong Kong will like hire feng shui experts and pay them exorbitant sums in order to like increase their buildings feng shui. And um, one bank apparently uh when like uh building a new headquarters as i understand it they built them in such a way that it it was like at a very like threatening angle to another building like it almost like (laughs) evoked an image of like a knife or like some sort of edge you know in the direction of this other bank the other bank was furious so they um they hire a feng shui expert um you know fight fire with fire and they end up putting a giant cannon on the roof their um their bank so so corporate feng shui is its own you know entity or you know it's a it's a part of feng shui as well um so i don't know i don't know if you guys uh 
you guys notice this in your places of work um or if this is something that i, I have heard about it made it to the u.s but stuff like that not in like the architecture sense but like they literally have like people too who like consultants they hire mood experts to gauge the temperature of like mm. corporate like offices and stuff like they'll go in and be like man like not only is your layout off your your, your whole mood is off man like that's that's really gonna like affect like company performance mm-hmm. um yeah, but, yeah i at my um current place uh you know i work in an open area like an open atrium area and I personally like the open air because I just feel like I can be more creative and I'm, you know, I can just think more freely. So definitely your layout of your company has a major effect on how you can think. So, and also we have a lot of glass, so I like all the air. <laughs> gotcha. Cause I would like, I would yeah. like the, the, the Western uh, office culture to get to a point of what looks like superstition to an outside observer. I think that that's the next step. Like right now, it's all very like rationalized, like blah, 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 open space, collaboration, you know, boring, right? (laughs) Like that's going to become so normal in five years. Everybody's going to be like, wow, our workplace is so collegiate, so collaborative. You can wear your t-shirt and short shorts, like you can do whatever you want. Like, you know, it's just going to get really, that's going to be everywhere. I think that the next step, like the way that you get ahead of that is like start bringing in another angle you know wait like, wait you're exciting so are you saying we should put canon cannons in our offices like how they're doing it yes uh, in not even Kong. on top of them i want it no, i want in, it in, in the, the hallway i want it mm. in the bathroom i want a cannon in every Everywhere. every office yeah every single you just you just hit your sales numbers you surpassed last month's sales numbers you fire the cannon yes yes um I don't know. That would, that, I think that would, boost, that would boost morale for sure. <laughs> that would boost something. I mean, Lord knows we got to pump these numbers. So, uh, <laughs> um, we need more yeah. symbols. We need to stretch beyond cannons. There, there are other symbols. You guys, can we go back to my, like, do you guys think any of that's true? Like what's going to happen? Okay. This is, what, <laughs> this is what I think. This is what I think. This is actually what I think. Okay. So tech companies come in and I think that they actually like, they did something like like relatively, I hate the word, but they did something relatively disruptive, right? Where suddenly, like, it's true. you can be working a high-paying job and you can be working with, like, like sophisticated material, right? Like, high-context, difficult-to-understand mm-hmm. material. But you can be doing it in a very informal context. Like, and, and this goes farther than just clothing. Like, like a lot of the services uh, that people create and maintain have very informal names um like like either named after like lord of the rings characters or just generally sounding like you know uh, sort of playfully onomatopoeic you know just like very like like something that you like wouldn't expect at all like like they take things that um you know may, may may stem from like the math world where they're like you know riddled with like greek letters and like really serious german last names and then all of a sudden it's called like Florg, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm noticing that like, like that model is now starting to bleed into other industries. Like, like dress codes are relaxing. Um, a lot of offices, like I read some article like three years ago, let's say 
about a new BCG office that was very like, I don't know, like collegiate, buzzwordy, like a lot of green space and like collaborative stuff. So, so where I was going with my earlier contrarian speculative comment was like, what happens when this is the norm? Like when this sort of like informality in the workplace um, presented as like a more authentic place or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, what happens when that's the norm? Like how do you place yourself then in the same way that tech placed itself relative to all other industries? Gotcha. You know? uh, Let's go like, there. Does yeah, that no, go to feng shui? Sort of, sort of, because I think like a lot of ways a company in like traditional finance, for example, would want to control the mood and mm. it's, or like cre the work product and, and, and the way that employees behave is like with how they lay out their spaces and with the dress codes that they force on their employees. So if you force right. everyone to wear like the, the same suit and tie and like force them to sit in a cubicle, I feel like their work ethic will reflect like how they're put in. Like, and I think a lot of companies probably were like, when this was first happening, they were, they were, they were, they were hating on these tech companies because they're just like, how is anyone going to take work seriously? Yeah. But, um, so I think like, it's good that they are heading in this general direction. I'm just not sure of like, every company is going to take this sort of like approach. Like you have the military still like, operating the way it is for like a very specific reason so maybe i don't like know man I, uh, like... <laughs> I have heard that a lot of people a lot of marines are showing up in sandals these days <laughs> no, no yeah no i i i think um yeah i i think that i think that's a good point i i have wondered like as companies start relaxing dress codes like what sort of behavioral change is that going to have and i think that for one thing um quarantine is definitely going to to have something to say here right because like i think that in these workplaces let's take finance because i think finance is a great example where like it's you know historically very formal starting to be relaxed a bit and then in quarantine my secondary experience of it is that people are dressing less formally yeah. um what do you guys think that means and and like how does that maybe connect to feng shui well kind of Kono's living that lifestyle, sort of, still, right? <laughs> it, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how I'm doing it, right? Like, when I first started um, quarantine off, right, and I'm working from home, I would, you know, usually when I'm sick and I'm working from home and everyone else is at the office, I just work in my pajamas. And I'm, you know, that never used to happen. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. I get to work in my PJs. This is cool. And I was like, mm -hmm. nice and relaxed. But as like a week or two, literally went on, a paid sleepover. <laughs> yeah, it's a paid sleepover during the day. Yay. Um, but, uh, you know, two weeks into this, I realized, you know, I am very sluggish. I feel very slow. I just want to go back to bed. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, it's just the, the clothing was not helping me. So, I actually, whenever I wake up, I, I don't dress up in full uniform, but I will put on sweatpants and I will put on a colored shirt, like a polo or like a beach colored shirt, just to kind of make it seem as if, if I wanted to go out and get a coffee, right. I could. Right. So right. Right. kind of like, I wouldn't say a sense of professionalism, but just a sense that, you this know. a separation clearly, almost. Yeah, clearly separating my day. Like this is the clothes I wear for, for, when I'm thinking and when I want to be productive, 
and this is when I want to go to bed just to kind of you know like quarantine all the days kind of bleed into one one another and it's hard to tell time I think every day is Friday but it's really a Monday you know I need just some kind of marker of time because I don't have any clocks in my house so. gotcha gotcha <laughs> I guess that transitions us into our second topic of just like fashion and like style and, and creating that, that style. Um, like, I guess like, and, and keeping in, in kind of the topic of like work, like what did you guys think about work and, and ability to like express fashion sense? Like um, at, at the places that you guys worked for, not enough. Funny, you want to take this one? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I I like, you know, Casual Friday. Casual Friday is my runway. I like Casual Friday. Oh, um, so it's it's only one day a week you get to you get to be yourself. Is yeah. there a cal- <laughs> is there a Casual Friday within quarantine? Um, is that what you're saying, or yeah, are you my, just saying like ca- in general? We don't have to talk about well, just I, quarantine. Well, you know. Well, I well for quarantine, I also don't call okay. the shots. This is not my podcast, yeah. but. <laughs> This is, this is so, your podcast is ours, Bjorn. So I actually implemented Casual Friday from work from home. I actually, okay. you know, Monday to Thursday, I wear a polo or like a colored shirt. On Friday, I wear the pajamas. So it's okay. old t-shirt. How is, that, how is that going for you? How, how do you feel about that? It's actually been working. I, okay. I didn't think it would, but it actually has been working. Kind of cool. keeps me on my toes, you know? Wait, the pajamas or, or the or the pajamas don't they, they oh, definitely oh, okay, don't keep gotcha, me on my toes gotcha. but yeah gotcha. the 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 polo shirt it's really it's really interesting how how clothes can affect your mental outlook and your yeah yeah gotcha bjorn what have you been wearing um yeah i've been uh so i'm current like do i bring this up on the podcast i'll bring it up i'm i'm currently not working anywhere i mostly just like read and you know watch joe rogan but um, <laughs> what do I wear for those activities? I'll, I'll run with that. Um, yeah, I what, have what been, does one... <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I have been, um, like Capona was saying, I've been trying to like keep track of time with clothing. Um, oh, wow. I think that if I got lazy with it, which I definitely did at the start, um, I would kind of keep wearing the same thing like maybe like the same hoodie you know i don't want to get gross with it but like maybe i just wear the same hoodie every day right but like you're on day let's say day four or five of wearing the same hoodie like i personally just it starts getting a little weird um i don't know how steve jobs did this for you know the iphone is like minuscule compared to his (laughs) you know his his fashion uh stamina i would say but um But, but, but yeah, I, so, so I've been trying to balance it a little bit um, because I think that while like this is a time that people dress more for comfort than they used to, I do agree with some of the stuff that Capona was touching on, um, such as like, like you can really set the scene by, by what you're wearing. Um, and this is something that I that I did feel when I was working in tech is that because you can wear whatever you want, and I like definitely like stretch that policy like like pretty much fully. Um, I uh, and we can go. In, I don't know. We can go into that later. But um, because you can wear whatever you want, I think that like 
it makes things a little bit less serious than maybe they should be. Um, because at the end of the day, like you are still working. Right. Mm -hmm. And like maybe given how many other like unspoken rules there are at work and given how much other like high context stuff there is going on and given how, given how like just despite attempts to do otherwise work is different from life at home. I think that it's helpful to people sometimes to like to visually separate the two like at work you're wearing a suit at work you're wearing something a little bit more formal and at home you wear something more comfortable or something more expressive let's say um so yeah but 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 in terms of what i what 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 i've been wearing i've just been cycling through i have not been like super avant-garde with it over over um quarantine for context for for listeners i am um, I, I have a terrible um, addiction to clothing, actually, and I, um, I've gotten like pretty experimental with it at times. Um, but I've, tr- I've tried to keep it relatively normal. Um, and given that this is, you know, just a just a auditory medium, I'll I'll go through the outfit bottom up right now. I'm wearing Birkenstock sandals, Nike dry fits Ooh. in the ankle length variation. Um, supreme military pants oh, that's no probably way. the most daring part of the outfit <laughs> that is yeah um very and then i'll stand up just for for the, those of you on the zoom call you can't really see him whatever um yeah i'm wearing a hardware shirt that i got in in santa monica i was in a hardware store with my friend and and i saw this shirt can you see this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's just like uh, fisher hardware, hardware and lumber oh and wow. lumber co established 2005 so yeah. you know probably family owned um and then I'm wearing a, <laughs> I'm wearing a Patagonia organic cotton button-up shirt that I got from my dad, which I, I believe was bought in the 90s. So I'm, I'm trying to like keep it, you cool. know, yeah. relatively normal. Like none of this is like, you know, this isn't going to make any headlines, but, but it is, it is maybe a step above like basketball shorts, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that I'm healthier because of it. Um, Cause I feel like if I just went basketball shorts, you know, Wait, jury's just, out, man. Like it's just—that's just, a—that's a hot take. The uh, you know really that, okay, that yeah. I, I feel like I'm maybe talking to two people currently wearing basketball shorts. So let's yeah, I'm let's definitely in basketball that. shorts right now. I, what have I you been wearing, Victor? I remember. I, yeah. Last time I talked to you about the last time I talked to you about clothing specifically, I feel like you were very much in the uniform phase, where you had bought twenty identical twenty is a ballpark twenty identical white t-shirts from uniqlo right and then i think you were wearing jeans with them and that like right. period that was the end of the outfit yeah um yeah i do recall that i believe it was to reduce decision fatigue a la tim cook and um <laughs> tim cook yeah right. yeah and, and i don't know it's like yeah. i see that currently you're wearing a gray adidas um shirt talk to me about that like, yeah, like yeah, have no. you have you graduated from the uniform are you taking a break or what's what's going on no, no, this is like actually quite the anomaly. This is like, this is, this is really colorful for me. Like oh, I'm wow. still on it that opposite gray. side of the spectrum. Entirely um, late, steel colored. <laughs> Just call it a colorful. From white, from, from white to, from white to steel. We went all across the color spectrum. <laughs> I guess, I guess white has all colors and then gray has all colors plus black. <laughs> so, so yeah. Like with black added to each color. So, so I guess technically it is a little colorful. But, but please <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I guess, I guess I, I'm just like on the complete opposite spectrum. Cause like, for me, it's like, if I'm really comfortable in something, like I'm just gonna like wear it like all the time, you know what I mean? Just cause like, I feel like that's my best outfit. And like, gotcha. I just, that's where I feel the most comfortable in. And like, that was kind of the rationale for like doing the whole like uniform thing. I was like, if I had to choose a shirt, you know, nine times out of 10, I just picked the white one. So I'm like, you know, wh why not? And it makes those times where I'm wearing something like this feel that much more eventful. You know what I mean? You no, just, I, right. I get that. Yeah. You yeah. know, right. but, so Epicurean. You know, some some, some <laughs> <laughs> Epicurean. Sometimes you gotta you gotta yeah. beep down that hedonic treadmill a few steps. No, know. right, right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it was also for like logistical and just like practical reasons as well. But like, yeah, no, I think I think there are a bunch of benefits to the uniform. But what I wanted what I wanted to clarify is um, your dis when you feel uncomfortable in clothing, that uh, that discomfort is physical, because I think that that's that's different from a lot of people. I think that a lot of people are wearing something. And the source of their discomfort, at least for men, because most male clothes are like pretty comfortable. Um, mm. I feel like a lot of that discomfort is just like you don't feel cool, like you don't feel like what you're wearing is is aesthetically pleasing. That's true. Well, I mean, like that, it's it's more than just physical for me too, right? Like okay, if, if you're past wear... that, like yeah. props to you, man. Like you have graduated. No, a no, major. No, no. Like I, I, like there are things where I would never be able to wear like a, like a Supreme thing just cause like I'd walk out and people would be like, dude, Victor, like, who are you? And like, part of it would just be like, like emotional too. It's not just like a, like a physical thing. So maybe okay. like part of it is just, yeah. like, I don't like to, I'm just the type of person to well, not that's really. That's a huge aspect of, of clothing, right? So, so what, wait, let me, let's, let's really go, um, let's, let's go deep. Yeah. Really get into that. You wearing a Supreme shirt. Because by the way, just for the listeners again, um, these Supreme military pants do not have the red logo on them anywhere. I'm not at that point. Oh, I'm not that sure. person. Full I sure. buy the skateboarding stuff that they have. They have a pretty rich culture with um, the uh, you know association right. with skateboarders and, and what have you. Um, I'm not so into the hype train. These I got at the store. No line. No nothing. You know. You can't try them on in there because a lot of people would run away and steal them. But um, I got them. They're a little big because of the aforementioned rule. But uh, but yeah, um, where is this going? Oh, Supreme. Yeah, okay. So your discomfort with owning... Let's say you have a box logo shirt. Like you have the one with the big Futura font, red, exactly. white t-shirt. Okay. You're uncomfortable with that. I am, Which yeah. part of it makes you uncomfortable? I think it's just, it's literally just how others would see me, I think. Okay. And what do yeah. they see when they see Victor with a Supreme shirt versus I, Victor with a blank white shirt? I, I, do you feel I've like always, you yeah. are like responsible for the other people? I'm sorry that I'm hijacking right, you so right, hard. Right, right. No, do you feel like you're responsible for the other people wearing that shirt? Like when other people, because it's a big, it's a big shirt, you know, it's a big it logo. It is, yeah. It carries a lot of weight. So, like, do you feel like you're responsible for the other people wearing that Supreme logo? And based on like, you know, whether it's like their their sort of um, self indulgent um, Instagram posts or just like, you know, whatever association right. you have with with Supreme people. Um, I don't know. Is is that like a big part of what 
what keeps you away from from putting on that shirt or is it something else it is like if, if i were to wear it it would be almost like completely in satire like like right I, which oh, is and, which is a fine line to walk by the it way it is it is it is i almost bought a death grips t-shirt i was sold <laughs> on it it was 15 dollars, and i think like five dollars shipping like it was it was a good deal but i showed it to some of my friends i crowdsourced the thing because i felt like i was getting a little bit you know into the boonies right. as far as 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 sartorial decisions are concerned and um and yeah i was i was talked off of the the old diving board um people were not a fan they figured that even if i wear it mostly ironically even though i listen to death grips um they figured that it would be taken in the worst possible way like and it's it's a similar thing to the supreme thing right like you have this symbol you have this sign and you have all the people that are like connected to that right um and by wearing the shirt, you connect yourself to that same like word cloud or that same graph, you know, and, and you take on, you're now responsible for that whole image. Exactly. So, oh, right. But, but yeah. you're, you're also just like the type of person that's just like pays attention to fashion. So like it, it carries yeah. a lot of weight if like you wear it versus like if, you know, Dude, I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm the missing piece. If I wear a death grip shirt, <laughs> Maybe we can all wear them ironically and they're just, you know, it's just. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? It could be. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I should have done it in hindsight. I regretted this. Like I regret this like once a week that I didn't buy this death group shirt because it sold out. But um, oh, right. yeah, at the time it was like hella in stock. Like a lot of other ones were out of stock, but like this one was just like totally sitting there. Um, yeah, now it's out of stock. And I live in Iceland. Like the tariffs are way too high. It's never I think gonna happen. I think that's like part of the fun of wearing an outfit sometimes, where you like you straddle that fine line between just like representing something that's like a little bit edgy, or or, or just like you just like don't agree with, and and, and yeah. being satirical. It's like kind of fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, everything is so like saturated with irony nowadays. Like I I feel like I mean at some point it doesn't even matter if you're wearing it ironically or not. Like it's kind of just the same thing. I know that that's, that's taking your, I know that that's taking your point, like one thing further, but like, I feel like, 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 yeah, you're like, I'll see people wear things ironically and it's just like, it's so normalized now that I'm like, I don't like whether you're wearing that seriously or not, almost like doesn't even matter. Um, Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Cause, cause yeah, it, maybe it's like a whole outfit kind of thing. Like if you're like, if you're wearing a Supreme thing, like mm-hmm. you have to go like all the way with it to like really carry that. Yeah. Like, if I saw you, image. if I saw you in just a Supreme shirt, I'd be like a little worried. <laughs> like I think, I think, you know, maybe I should contact your family or like, I like, you know, might light up the group chat and I'll be like, yo, you guys see Victor's shirt or <laughs> like what's good with that. But if you're wearing the shirt, bucket hat, money gun, like, the like collab sneakers and like some like fucking you know sorry i don't know if this is a swearing podcast i'm sorry <laughs> no, that's my second time oh, second offense um if you're wearing like like you know like supreme shorts and like the north face american flag type of thing then i'd be like oh wow he spent a, a lot of money to to for the joke but it is pretty <laughs> funny <laughs> you know so 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 there is that i think yeah clothing Okay, another example for you guys, because I think clothing and irony and like sort of like this sort this sort of half irony when you're wearing clothing is actually pretty interesting. Um, the clunky dad sneaker has like 
been really big for like the last two or three years. You know, mm -hmm. like all the big fashion houses have done it. The Balenciaga Triple S is like the major one, but there's also yeah. like, like Yeezy did it. Like there are a bunch of like kind of like copycat ones. Like Prada has one. Like mm -hmm. everybody's everybody has this like this clunky dad sneaker, and I think that like that's one of those things that is um that is like half ironic. Like it's like appropriating like in like appropriating something that is like universally understood as being ugly and like making it cool again but like not necessarily not necessarily like totally like flipping the script but just like putting it in this midpoint where it's like yeah it's ugly but like who cares and like it's cool because it it's cool because it's ugly sort of yeah it's cool because it has the logo it's cool because right. certain people are wearing it and yeah it's also cool because it's ugly i think we're just it's, at that phase where like people have to stand out in some way and like we're over that phase yeah of, like, oh colors or whatever and yeah like yeah what you know like why not we've just like run out of other thing yeah okay yeah so that's interesting too is like have we like i think you know a lot of like the progression of fashion is just doing things differently from whatever the last phase was, you know? Um, and like, I wonder sort of, you know, like you're, you're saying that, you know, when, when we do things like ironically, maybe it's cause we're like running out of things, right. We're running out of like aesthetic movements or something like that. Yeah. What would come after irony is the interesting one. That is like, how do you is, take yeah. yourself serious after being like ironic about clothing? I feel like, I feel, no, I feel like it comes to that point where everyone just gets to, okay, I just want to stop following fashion because this is ridiculous. Like everyone reaches, like you can't. Right. And but then, people are going to, people are going to monetize off of that counterculture. I feel like a lot of like, a lot of fashion like presents itself as counterculture and like being against the man or against the establishment or against corporate interests. But they're like the people behind that are just like different corporate interests, you know, mm. or like different versions of the man, you yeah. know. So, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm super interested in what happens after this, because like irony is like a big like rejection of like everything else, right? And it's like a cynicism and it's a commentary and it's like very much like there's a certain superiority, like an implicit superiority to an ironic thing because it's like making fun of whatever yeah. the Right. The underlying like serious component of it is so so yeah like i i do wonder what what happens after ironic clothing because ironic clothing is like like still kind of like it's still pretty relevant i would say like but who knows like ironic clothing may just be acting out like it may just be like we have this like five year ish run of like you know like like putting like weird variations on on humor and commentary within clothing and then maybe we go back to taking things seriously yeah yeah that's I also think, possible i think it's just gonna go back to normal yeah. i feel like i mean yeah right like something has it. to happen and it's, it's, the two options are like we just stay ironic or get even more ironic or we go like serious so so i feel like i mean it's gonna go back to serious at some point yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah i i guess kind of like asking you guys a question kind of like bridging off that is like if you guys fashion to follow fashion and you guys see your, your your kind of like cycle with like what you wear like what do you guys see yourselves like wearing in like five years or like just Ooh. like you know is there like an image that you kind of like paint for yourselves or, or is it just very much 
a like response to what everyone else is like sort of wearing around you. Like if you wore Burks Ooh, wow. like two yeah. years ago, whatever, like you would uh-huh. carry a very different Dude, way. I've been wearing Burks, dude. It's been like, I'm going on like eight <laughs> years, but you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Check yourself on the Burke comments. Um, anyway, Kapona, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, I, was, I was very interested in seeing what your, what your guys' response was, but I think I, I think slumberwear. I think that's going to be the big thing for like the next five years. What does that mean? Years. Slumberwear. Slumberwear? Okay. I think slumberwear. Well, is this I a real term, by the way, or are you just are you are we just neologizing on the podcast? I'm just I'm just making it up as I go. There's, Perfect. You know, okay. There's like the urban. There's the urban lumberjack. Yeah. I think. Slumberwear. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, I I've already started this. I think, you know, pajama tops. I the short sleeve pajama tops. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Comfy. Yeah. I think yeah, those are very comfy, but they can also look very fashionable. If you look at BTS and all the, a lot of the K-pop bands, they have very loose, baggy clothing uh-huh. that's kind of looks like a pajama top, and it's that piping at the end that makes it, it look kind of cool. So I think next five years, at least for men's fashion, it's going to be pajama tops. Okay. I think I think you're right. That's what I'm going to wear because we're definitely in it's that mood as like a society where that's like acceptable because we've come from like active wear or like yoga pants or whatever yeah that's a good point okay yeah like if you wore those like those tops like five years ago like people would laugh at you but like if you wore them now it's like haha quarantine whatever it makes sense (laughs) yeah quarantine is gonna have a big effect uh, a big effect on that i feel like yeah you know it's gonna be a lot more Cause now like self care is such an industry that like, I feel like there is, there is still this weird, you can't like be performatively lazy in the same way, you know? Um, and you can't like be like defiantly lazy in the same way. Like a lot of people are going to take it as just like, Oh, you're just lazy. Like you just don't want to like go to yoga. You don't want to go to spin class. You don't want to work out. Like, um, I think that the way that people, um, choose to like not work out is changing you know because like before let me put this differently that was that was terrible stream of consciousness let me put this differently um let's say 20 years ago like it wasn't so much that you weren't working out as it was that you just didn't work out you know it's like you just like that wasn't a hobby that you had Mm -hmm. nowadays if you don't work out it's like you don't work out like that's a line on the resume you know or that's like a line on the big no no yeah like you know it's like it's well it's become a thing it's become like like now if you don't do it that's like a no you know people pick up on that or like like is this making any sense i think there's like now like a social pressure to work out that didn't exist maybe 20 years ago right and um nowadays if you're if you're wearing like slumberwear, because we're we're committing to that term. If we're yeah. if you're wearing slumberwear, like that's like it's not so much like just like being comfortable and chilling. It's like kind of a response, in my mind, to the like active wear, to the health industry, to like the way that like working out has become so prevalent in like the last decade or so. 
right? Is Sweet. that where you're coming yeah. from when you say like when you say that something like that's going to be really big? Do you think that part of the reason that it would be big is like is as a response to the the um, health industry, the fitness industry? Uh. I don't, I don't think it was an active choice to say that it was like a response to like the okay. fitness industry. I, all right, well, you gotta don't ask. get me wrong. I'm still going to wear Nikes. I'm still going to wear Adidas. I'm still going right. to wear it all. But yeah. I just think the, I just think the comfortableness of it all, because I think, you know, if we, if you wear a t-shirt, if you wear a sweater, that's comfortable. But I think the pinnacle of comfortableness is slumberwear is your pajamas. So if you literally, if you could wear your pajamas, but you can make it look cool when you go outside. I think that's kind of like the pinnacle of it. Okay. Cause yeah, well, that was, that was the thing that I was trying to get at um, with Victor earlier is like whether comfort is like purely a physical thing, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that like, let's say people who wear uncomfortable clothing, it looks cool. And let's suppose that those people like, like work mm-hmm. out a lot too. Mm-hmm. They feel comfort in a different way. Right. Right. Like they feel comfort like with themselves. I mean, they probably also feel a discomfort with themselves, but they also feel like a certain sort of confidence they might yeah, not was... necessarily have if they were, mm-hmm. you know, rocking PJs. So, but I do, okay. I do want to get back to your question, Victor. And I do want to actually answer it with the, what I'm going to be wearing in five years. Yes. Um, for... <laughs> okay. Enough dodging. Um, sorry. Yeah, I know. I was, I, you can only buy yourself so much time. And I wasn't prepping for this answer at all during that period. But um, I've always wanted to like narrow things down and like get to a point where like I'm like building something because currently I will buy something like if I think it looks cool and it can be like a tie dye shirt. It can be like some like weird Rick Owens pants that like have all these like extra pockets and like connections and stuff and like don't make any like visual sense unless if you're on the forums um but like none of it makes sense together like you those two aforementioned categories like you could never wear them in the same outfit i've tried but um but what i want to do in five years as i mature um is like sort of start to distill it down into like it doesn't have to be uniform but like an aesthetic and i hate the word aesthetic because it's very like it's been murdered it's just it, everybody says it it, it's it not has. cool anymore yeah and and look is like not quite cool yet like it's coming back but it's not quite cool yet so we're in a, we're in a weird place for for that sort of word you know like right, the, right, i don't right yeah um but i want to get there i want to get to the point where it like all kind of makes sense and where i'm like building up or like chiseling down i'm pantomiming this for those of you just on the soundcloud like chiseling down like to it to it to some sense of like character because i think that people are like people who are very good at at fashion have some sense of like character and some awareness that like like fashion is to an extent like performative and like a conscious choice to both do things but also not do other things and and that's what I want to get to, but it's very hard when it's sale season and you see this one right. cool thing and you're running out of time because it's about to go out of stock and right. you can't really think about the context, the rest of your wardrobe, way too confusing. So you just click order and then you buy one more thing to hit the free shipping minimum and then you deal with it once you get it. That's the stage I'm currently at and that's, you know, but five years from now, that's going to be a whole other situation. 
Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's hard when you like have like that certain like style in mind or whatever, but life just like gets, I don't know. It's just like reality just kind of, just kind of gets in the way. Like it's hard to get rid of clothes because there's so much emotional attachment to like stuff you've worn. Yeah, that too. And like middle school and stuff versus like sale season, like stuff just kind of like ends up there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so is there, is there some sort of like consistency you guys see yourselves having or or is that the whole fun is is just like piecing together stuff on a day by day basis? I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, Bjorn, is five years from now, you, you'd like to have some sort of like consistency in your character to sort of yes. like express who you are versus like right. right now, you just kind of wear whatever's cool. Yes. Which let me, what, let me paint it to you. Paint it to you. Uh, <laughs> we can edit that a podcast. with People a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> we can, um, like these are my years clothing wise for i think my family might listen to this because i told him i was gonna i told him i was going on the air for a podcast um, about feng shui and fashion but um uh i think these are my years clothing wise of being young and sleeping around you know just trying out new things going you know going to parties you know late night craziness just being all over the place not having it together doesn't matter i'm young i'm in the city and it's my life you know that's that's the current like um mo where i want to get to in five years stable romantic partner all of this is an extended metaphor okay don't extrapolate but i want to get to the point where like i have it figured out i know what i'm good at and i know that one of the one of the good things about fashion is restraint. Oh, being good at something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. and re- and being restrained because I feel like you can you can sort of shoot yourself in the foot with clothing if you're just trying anything. Like if you're just trying anything you think think is cool, you sort of lose this this like between days effect that you can have mm-hmm. because like if people see you like presenting in like this like tie-dye shirt and like mesh umbro shorts from like 80s soccer one day and then the next day you're in this like weird japanese like countercultural sartorial thing with like the like button-up shirt and giant like baggy suit pants right they can't take any sense consistent you know anybody who's not super like in the know um and not that you should be or that that's like a that's you know anybody who just like isn't like really like paying attention to to like men's fashion is just gonna look at you and be like like what is going on <laughs> like why do you keep why do you keep wearing new things like and and i think that when you when you do like settle into a category and like sort of try to get really good at that one category i think that you see this other side of fashion where maybe yes you lose some freedom with it you lose the freedom to just like be one person one day and another person the next but what you gain is this like consistency and i think that like that's interesting part of the appeal of consistency is it takes way longer to build yeah and and there is something to be admired just about that in and of itself so got it yeah yeah 
that's that's very performative almost is this like, going on the air by the way i feel like i've had so many run-ons that like i don't no, know if no, we're no. making this usable is, content right now this is all going on the air okay good yeah <laughs> yeah no all right Yo, no but just kind of bouncing off that capono is there like i want to explore this idea of like being good at something you know like <laughs> Determining like what, like what your strengths or weaknesses are. Well, well, Victor, Victor, I, I just want to say this: you're very, you're good at a lot of things. I just want, I just want to make, make sure because you're asking the question. You're very good at a lot of things, Victor. Um, <laughs> oh, no. uh, My mom yeah, tells me many hats. Yeah. Really? Oh, we got to do something about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think with fashion, I I just like the pursuit of mixing and matching. If I could yeah. say there's any one store that sums up my style, it would be TJ Maxx because oh, okay. it's very much okay. like the treasure hunt, right? And you're right. doing a bargain. It's also thrift shopping. Thrift shopping is a lot of fun too because you know you get kind of the the joy of finding something on your own and making a making it like an ensemble is is exhilarating, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know right. that's that's kind of the exciting thing. I don't think. I think that's just going to be my fashion throughout time. Like uh-huh. I'm pretty cheap. I, you know, the only thing that I'll, the only expensive brands that I'll go for are L.O. Bean. Uh-huh. Like they're okay. you know, yeah. not cheap. Oh, L.O. Bean's not cheap, yeah. but it's not super expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right but in the got, middle. Right. Do you think, yeah. Capono, do you think your fashion sense would change at all? Or like if you had all of a sudden a lot of money? Uh, like you didn't have to shop at TJ Maxx anymore. It's no, I I guess it comes to priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I guess it comes to priorities. It's you know, I I just like my fashion to be like you know mixed and match. You know, like Got I'm it. a bargain hunter. I'm Got like it. I know I'm cheap and I'm gonna stay cheap. But right. you know, I would probably if I had any extra money, you know, I would invest it into some real estate. You know, like that's that's just my priority. I see. Good stuff, yeah. Yeah. Man. But, yeah, there, I, I mean, there is... All the way. Last me there 30 is an economic. <laughs> there is an economic component to fashion because I feel like there's, like, there is social pressure to, like, keep participating and keep participating in new ways. Mm-hmm. But then there's, like, reverse economic pressure, right? Where it's, like, you only have so much money to spend and, like, what are you going to do with it? And there are multiple answers to that, like, one, you could just buy less clothing. Two, you could bankrupt yourself. How you doing? That's um, I'm number two. You could, um, you could go somewhere like TJ Maxx, and you could be like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna like get the most for my money. Um, I think that's the three categories. I can't remember if there's. Oh, yeah, you could you could also participate in like fast fashion, right? You could like H H&M and yeah. M it. You could like jump on trends kind of two years after they happen, but like have a lot of it. You know, like keep keep like you know um keep new things coming in um so that is interesting i think that i think that that's that's always going to be part of fashion right it's like like one of the things that we haven't really talked about it's like you're buying things right like it's it's not like your participation is very much like limited to an extent by like how much money you either have or are willing to spend on on clothing I think what Capono mentioned is like a big portion of it. It's like half of the fun is almost like shopping for it and like realizing, like seeing this like ideal and then just being like, Oh yeah, like that would really suit my vibe or like that would really go well with this or this. 
and then wearing it. I guess like my question for you guys is kind of like follow up is like, how do you, have you guys ever bought anything that looked like super cool and, or, or you really wanted to pull off and it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason and vice versa. Have there been styles that I don't know, Bjorn in San Francisco, I tried on your jacket and that's not something that I'd ever wear or like thought would be my style. And then, you know, I wore it and I'm like, Oh wow. In reality, this is the denim cool. jacket. Yes. That was mad hetero, bro. There was literally, that was the least offensive thing I owned. Are you serious? My yeah. guy, that was a, the for, for, for the listeners of this auditory medium. Um, what I gave Victor, I believe we're talking about this. It was a Timberland denim jacket from like 2002 or something that I got from my dad originally. Oh. It's like XL or it's just a large L. Um, it's like very like washed denim. It's like pretty light. And then it has the like suede collar, but it's like very, I think it's very inoffensive. Like wait, wait, which part of that was like, like you had to take a deep breath before trying on. No, no, I don't think it's like offensive. It's just like not okay. something, you know, I would normally wear, you know, just, I see. Because, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's nothing offensive about the outfit, but it's not something, let's say I was shopping and I saw it and I'd be like, mm-hmm. yo, let's try that on. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, then you try it on you mad nice with it. Like yeah. we both agreed. Like <laughs> exactly. it, it was, <laughs> it was a good part of the uniform um, for, for colder conditions. Yeah. Was, yeah. For like after, I don't know, 8 PM in the, in the outer Los Angeles area, you're going to need to put on some denim, man. I don't know. There's, there's no two ways about it. It was, so, it was just like a feel that, a vibe that it was like kind of rugged, but also like a little bit stylish and it was just comfortable. I just really like baggy clothing. Right. It occurred to me at that moment. Dude, I, was like, I love baggy clothing. Yeah. I feel like we had a period of like, especially skinny jeans, like clothing from the belt down just got really aggressive for a good five year period, possibly oh, yeah. more. Yeah. I'm glad we're coming back. I'm glad we're like, we're not about that anymore. Europe has like yet to totally like click with the baggy clothing yeah. again. I'm yeah. still seeing a lot of skinny jeans in Iceland, but I hope that, I hope that, you know, cooler heads prevail and we all start wearing some like baggy clothing again. Cause it's fun. It's comfortable. And honestly, it mostly looks better. Like I think that we really went aggressive on the skinny jeans for a while uh, and it just doesn't make I, any sense. I have a question for you, Bern. Do you think clothes can be, too baggy because i some of my fashion regrets have been i went for the baggy look but it got too baggy so i think the bagginess is actually kind of complicated um yeah there there is a breaking point there is a break well you can buy you can buy like a triple xl and one shirt that you like Mm -hmm. got for sale from like a target warehouse but like just because it's enormous doesn't mean that it necessarily like you know includes the benefits of bagginess right like it might just fall really poorly on your silhouette and it yeah. like i think that for cool bagginess i don't have it i don't i mean it's it's a podcast it's not going to work but um one of the like very baggy items of clothing i have is like baggy in the right places it's a pair of com de garçon pants mm-hmm. that like get really billowy and then like collect back in at the ankles and i think that that's important i think that like if you're just buying like like 
like bagginess on its own is like kind of like formless and and sort of you know uh difficult to work with or like bloated or just you know you know you know not that great but if you if you selectively use it i think it becomes a totally different thing where it's like it's an expression it's like it's um sort of restrained in a way that just like that triple xl shirt isn't um and yes so so i do think i mean bagginess can go too far in i mean it can go too far in like any direction like there could also be like high fashion items that are like kind of unwearable um in in how they're baggy but i but i still think that like for the most part what 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 people are wearing today is isn't isn't breaking those rules however i i recently saw like i feel like every once in a while like on instagram or twitter i see like a photo of like soldier boy from the early 2000s Mm. And like, there was some serious like baggy yeah, psychosis going on there. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like the shirt yeah. goes down to the knees, the shorts go down to the ankles, and it's yeah. just it's a whole, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I it's I I don't have a conclusion to what I'm saying. But but for the most part, like yeah, I, I think bagginess is is uh is sort of a double edged sword, and you have to like know when to when to work with it i've definitely gotten sliced by that uh double-edged sword um what is that? i think mm. my fashion for the past five years has been cardigans and okay. i went to so baggy to the point i look like a grandpa so really? can you grow I a beard to, you could you could end up doing like a lebowski type of type lebowski of yeah. well i don't know I, I think i'd have to give for the beard i'd have to give it like a decade to grow out <laughs> if it we're talking okay. like hair on top of my head uh give it like a couple more months and we'll we'll be there uh -huh. but <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah okay yeah but you went too far with the cardigans is what you're telling yeah me. yeah it's uh it's a dangerous did, when did you know when did you know that that you'd gone too far and that you had to come back um you know when you have to roll up your sleeves like rolling up your sleeves is cool right like it's uh -huh. an active choice to roll up your sleeves right sure. and, like, yeah I was yeah. doing it out of necessity just to make it look normal and mm. to make use wow. of the of the cardigan. So mm. when yeah. I had to roll it up just to just to use it, I, I knew it was a big no-no. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So you know, I I, I think we're um, coming up to uh, to a close in this uh, podcast. But I, I just have a genuine question: What do you, what fashion item do you think is going to endure the test of time, like a thousand years? From now what do you think oh wow yeah let's get really let's get really speculative okay a thousand years yeah. is a long time yeah yeah a thousand yeah, like years when... is great i love that yeah i i can't wait to be wrong but victor dude start us off i'm not ready i'm gonna have to think dude yeah i'm um i i guess i'm just gonna spitball here i'm, I'm gonna go with the very <laughs> i'm gonna go with the very traditional answer it's gonna be jeans mm, <laughs> that's it that's actually good <laughs> it's self-explanatory yeah, well, like that's that's a decent answer because, dude, did you know that um, it takes like ten thousand gallons of water to produce the um, maybe it's ten thousand liters because I heard this fact and I saw water ten thousand yeah, liters of water to produce a single pair of jeans. Oh wait, what? Oh wow, that's oh, a lot. Yeah, dude, it takes it takes, it takes to like die, a right? Crazy oh. amount of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that changes your answer, but no, I, but I, I thought that, that absolutely like you you actually took a pretty controversial well, position with it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's a lot of water the human race 
is going to run out of resources because we use all the water to make skinny jeans. That's that's going to be we our start, demise. Yeah. <laughs> we can start mining <laughs> asteroids for water <laughs> for, for jeans. <laughs> and we can do skinny because they're actually technically less fabric. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I mean, I, I chose that answer for like a variety of reasons. It's just like commonly accepted. It just, it, it, it's endured for like the last however many years and it just like looks good. Dude, well, right? like it's in, it's endured since like what like mid 19th century like we're talking yeah. about like what like like six times more than six times more time than that right yeah. Yeah. i mean like like maybe right it's the 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 like like modern human history is like fairly recent but but yeah a thousand years is actually a crazy amount of time um when they dig up this podcast <laughs> a thousand years from now and then look down at we'll what see, they're wearing. We'll I see. hope that I hope that we're out, we're, we're right on the money. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude. I mean, even this is like a controversial position, but I think the T-shirt is gonna make it a thousand years. Functional, very functional. Yeah, I mean, like even when you're wearing like, I mean, from what I understand, like in a thousand years, provided that like science and humanity, yeah, keep like progressing, you might be wearing some like crazy like augmented like suit thing you know that like has a bunch of like other functions to it presumably right like it would be very strange to me if you were literally wearing like an inert cotton shirt in a thousand years right it feels like you'd be like for all i know you're like in some sort of like amniotic fluid and like your brain is connected to a thing and like you're not there at all and like maybe your character has like a, a t-shirt on and jeans for that matter because you know <laughs> virtual water is free but um <laughs> right this is this is a tough question a thousand years ago <laughs> like, you're talking about a crazy amount of time like 50 years is maybe doable if it stays hot okay, in a thousand I'm say, years i'm gonna say t-shirt virtual yeah. or otherwise i'm gonna say gotcha. t-shirt T-shirt. Okay. Got it. Jeans yeah. and T-shirt. I'm, I'm, dude, you, we're back I'm, at your outfit. Yo, back to <laughs> your, you. Your, your outfit is goddamn timeless, Victor. Right? <laughs> it is timeless. You pick something that will stand the test of a millennium. All right. <laughs> uh, oh no, please. It, I think it's gonna be the leather biker jacket. Oh, I think, okay. I that's think the leather, leather biker jacket. Animal products. That's, that is very. I popular. love it. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, yeah. is it lab grown or is it just straight up what we're doing right now? <laughs> just same code of ethics. Boom. Huh. Yeah. Probably, you know, I think, I think it'll probably be lab grown at some point. It'll be yeah. okay. You know, we're gonna come you're up gonna with have something. Like a just, you're walking on eggshells over here, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want. No, I think. I think the Beyond Meat. What What Victor said. The Beyond Meat version of the leather biker jacket. I think yeah. that's okay. gonna be my. I mean, dude, that's interesting because like okay, yeah. the, the whole reason people wear those jackets is because like if they skid on their motorcycles it protects their skin yeah but, but the whole I, reason everybody else wears them like who doesn't ride bikes is because they're cool like i have a biker jacket i've never you know been within 10 feet of a motorcycle yeah. and uh <laughs> yeah they look cool. no, we, i love to wear it i feel yeah. amazing wearing <laughs> yeah. it um but uh but but yeah I, 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 that's an interesting one though because i feel like the like cultural references we have now are like mm-hmm. relatively like like the things that we're referencing like with a leather jacket denim like we're referencing things maybe 50 years ago like yeah like the, the farthest back you go for a lot of references might be like james dean you know yeah. like in terms of like cultural things you're connecting to with what you're wearing so 
I mean, I don't know at all. Like thousand years again, crazy time frame. But, but it would be wild if they're like technically referencing something that originated a millennium before. But possible. It is possible. I mean, everything we're talking about is without precedent, so it's possible. You know, I think if we put all of our choices together, we'd have a pretty good outfit. So, very Boom. practical. Yeah, outfit. we we True. yeah, True. absolutely. The, yeah, the one thing we left out was underwear. So, I think in a thousand years, everyone's commando. I'm gonna take that position, knowing I, my I family is listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, Bjorn, for uh, for joining the program. Um, you know, every episode we have our guests, you know, plug a charitable organization of their choice. Um, so uh, you have the floor. Yeah. No, I wanted to, I wanted to plug the ACLU for this. Um, I think that uh, they've been a they've been involved in a lot of like seminal supreme court cases or otherwise and they continue to fight for people's civil liberties and i think that a lot of the attorneys who are involved with the aclu whether it's on a volunteer basis or otherwise aren't really in it for money in it for the money so i think um like like any contribution would help them and it would be going towards um sort of like like doing what we can to to respond to a very um flawed judicial system so yeah i personally took a class at cornell that had a very large impact on me which was the death penalty in america uh we just went through like supreme court cases the entire semester on um capital punishment on you know it like all these are are capital cases and throughout all those and like other resources and stuff i realized that like like whatever angle you take um whether it's like an like ethical one a a moral one a judicial one a deterrent one or or uh like like a statistical one the death penalty doesn't really make sense um i don't think that it serves whatever intended function it's supposed to have and a lot of the times they, they they get it wrong and and probably most importantly a lot of historically disadvantaged groups are affected by by this and other um flaws in in the judicial system so um all of that being said i think that the aclu does great work uh to respond to that so if people donate towards them i think that's wonderful that's, that's, the, that's the best plug we've seen. That, that was very well really? Thank you. I'm going to listen to the other ones because I, <laughs> I feel like I, I that was like most yeah, of this podcast. Cool. I'm, I'm I'm just like a run-on sentence in general. But but yeah, thank you. you. Love it. Okay. You love cool. It. okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Doran.